In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. So last week, the desert wind was whipping down the Jordan Valley where John stood by the River Jordan, shouting down hellfire and damnation on a crowd of scribes and Pharisees. He was a prophet, possessed and fearless. Remember what he said last week? You brood of vipers. He was looking right in the eyes of the rich and the powerful. Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Even now, the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Somehow, out in the wilderness, away from ordinary life and gossip and idle chatter, away from televisions and telephones and computers and social media, away from shopping malls and catalogs and Christmas tree lots. In the wilderness, John listened for and he heard the voice of God. Far from city and town, he saw a glimpse of God and the future for what God is preparing us. John was captured by this sweet vision of a new world with righteousness, free of wrongs, the world that we kind of dream about all the time. With a prophet's eye, he measured those who came out to the wilderness to hear his message and baptizing them and comforting some, but tearing the masks off of others to reveal what they really were deep down inside. And about Jesus, John said, This is the one, the fulfiller of the vision, the keeper of the promise. When Jesus came out to be baptized, there, John said, is the one, the one who will take the world over the brink into this new vision of what the world will be, where righteousness and truth and justice prevail. So then time moves on and things became quite a bit different. John was in prison for telling the truth, like so many prophets. He had challenged the power of King Herod. He had challenged the economic and social and political injustices of his day. And he had claimed that Jesus was the Messiah. And he was right that Jesus was God's moment coming into the world. But time went by. So in the meantime, Jesus gathered his 12 disciples. He began his ministry. And where did John go? But to prison. His own disciples looking at him through bars. The world had not changed much, John was thinking while he sat in prison weeks after weeks, months after months. And maybe he was beginning to wonder, where is God now? I mean, here he is facing death, and nothing seems to be changing. 
While in the desert, John may have been a man possessed with a vision, but in Herod's prison, he was a man haunted by his own doubts. Perhaps he had been mistaken. Perhaps Jesus was not the founder of God's new age. So he asked his disciples to ask Jesus, Are you he who is to come, or shall we look for another? Can you sympathize a little bit with John? When we look around our world, so much seems to be so wrong. So much is bent and broken. And we might wonder, is God really at work? Is it really worth us continuing to believe in a God that will allow so much to happen in this world? And what about love? Maybe there's a little bit, but not enough in our world. I hear various versions of that question all the time in my ministry. Where is God? And if there is a God, what is God doing? Wouldn't it be more honest just to give up and admit that this whole Christianity thing is a sham, that it's all wrong. Like John, people are longing for change and hope. They wait for the Jesus of their visions, but they languish in their own suffering and pain, in their own loneliness and anxiety. So, if we have those feelings... Jesus' response to us is the same as his response to John. John is sitting in his dark cell. He's surrounded by squalor and despair. That's all he can see. We too sometimes get imprisoned by the sheer weight of the darkness that surrounds us as well. Our own vision of what things could be and should be and what even is in reality is blurred because we can't see it clearly. So Jesus says to us, look again. The blind see, the deaf hear, the lame walk. Maybe not all of them, but for those who are healed, their whole world has been transformed. Ask them if there is a God, and if that God is a good and loving God, and they will say yes. The Jewish people had always believed that fundamental to the nature of God was a longing to heal or to set right. So Isaiah promises a time when the eyes of the blind shall be opened, the ears of the deaf unstopped, the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the speechless sing for joy. Healing in all its dimensions is God's work. Moral healing, spiritual healing, healing of relationships between people, healing of relationships between people and creation, and physical healing too. If it's broken, God wants to fix it. 
So Jesus echoes Isaiah's words in his response to John because he knows that John will recognize them and draw the right conclusions. The signs of the reign of God are there. And they are here, around us and within us too. The new world is breaking forth, perhaps not as quickly or as dramatically as John has, had expected, maybe not even in the same ways that John had expected. But Jesus was the one. Jesus' peace comes from within. God's reign is based on humility and servanthood instead of power and domination. So the reminder is, look for the signs of God's work in our world, in our community of faith, and in your own lives, and celebrate the acts of care and courage, the signs of reconciliation and hope that really are evident all around us if we can take a moment to see them. If we expect our faith to deliver us from hardships, if we expect faith to remove every obstacle that is set before us, then we too may wonder about the Messiah and whether there is a God or where God is. But, Jesus says, blessed is the one who takes no offense at me. What he's saying is blessed are those who are ready and willing to accept that the infant in Bethlehem is the Messiah, the humble Messiah, the Messiah who visits the poor, befriends the friendless, loves the unlovable. The work of God's transformation within us and our world is not yet finished, but that does not mean that it hasn't already begun. During Advent, we're called to be honest about the state of the world and the state of our own lives, but we're not called to despair. As we patiently watch and wait, let us not lose heart or give up on hope. Amen.